Let's give God great praise. Hallelujah. Let's give him great praise. Come on. I know it's Tuesday night, but the glory is in the house. God, I praise you. I worship you, Jesus. Praise God. Well, yesterday was a red-letter day for this congregation. The City of Liberty Lake fully approved our blueprints to convert our facility across the street. It's a big deal. Let's give him praise. Thank you, Jesus. It's, I'm just in awe of what God is doing. This is the fulfillment of a dream to see what the Spirit of God is accomplishing here. We're so excited about that. I was a little nervous because the inspector um, who's been very agreeable and workable and was a little just we didn't know if it was going to happen real easy but they just signed off on it and said here it is so we got a change of use permit and we can we can have several hundred students over there before it's over and I believe it's going to happen Jesus name I do I would be remiss if I didn't make mention of the short <coughs> video that we sent out regarding the pledges that will be taken up on Sunday um, I made a blunder when I said that they would be due on January 1st we actually wanted to go six months now it's going to take some resources to convert that building to make it everything that it needs to be and finish off the project uh, that's taking place on the other side of that wall the prayer rooms about 85 percent done um, they're going to be starting on the mezzanine here in the next couple days i believe and so things are moving forward we want to get everything wrapped up so we will be doing that on sunday also, please be praying about that. I don't want you to just feel like, oh, we're taking up another offering. Here we go. Let God, let God use you. Let God use you. If you look at what you have, you're going you're gonna to say, I don't know about this. But God, God is looking for people that will be a conduit. And so be mindful, be prayerful. And that will happen on Sunday. Evangelist Benjamin Rodriguez will be preaching on Sunday. I'm looking forward to this. It's going to be a great time in Jesus' name. And then a week, a week from Sunday, and I apologize, I can't even pronounce this brother's last name. His first name is Xavier. But he's going to be here with his family and the very next week, they are going to the nation of Jordan to start two home missions churches in the country of Jordan. We want to be a part of that. You and I may never have the opportunity to go around the world and preach the gospel, but I'll tell you what, we're going to be a part of what, oh, come on, somebody. And that's where the blessing is, is just saying, God, I want to be a part of that. And then a week after that, Brother Jacob Phillips, renowned apostolic evangelist, I think it's the first time ever that he's been in the Northwest. He'll be preaching right here um, at Cornerstone. And then after that, we're going to be doing the symposium on the Apostles' Doctrine. It is going to be par excellente. Uh, some of the greatest minds in the apostolic movement are going to be presenting um, various position papers, and you don't want to miss it. Staying over the weekend and preaching for us will be Brother 
Brother Jeremy Painter that Sunday. So we're looking forward to having a great time. Yes. On the Friday night, on the Friday night of SOTAD, Brother Cody Marks will be preaching. And so we're going to have a great time with him. It will be, uh, excuse me, it'll be broadcast all over the world. If you've never been in a symposium, it's, it's not a church service. Um, people like me that's real high strung, you know, just, uh, it's, but it's good. You know, take a chill pill and come. And uh, I'm talking to myself, of course. But you'll be blessed. God has been talking to me. I want to tell you how blessed I am, okay? I'm in my office. I get to hear the praise and the worship singers rehearsing. So, man, I'm up there praising God. And then right below my office is where some of the greatest prayer warriors in this church start praying. And so I go from praying to crying. Uh, and I feel blessed. I really feel blessed. God's been talking to me. And it's all good. It's all good. Book of Ezekiel. We are going to be starting life classes next month. We are going to be starting life classes next month. We are going to be... Ezekiel 47. Now, Ezekiel is an odd, odd prophet. By, by far the most colorful of all of the prophets. We're going to read a few verses of scripture here while you're standing. Ezekiel 47 in verses 1 through 5. You got to say amen. Afterward, he brought me again unto the door of the house. And behold, waters issued out from under the threshold of the house eastward. For the forefront of the house stood toward the east. That has incredible biblical implications right there. When God moves, he always comes from the east. Okay? And the waters came down from under, from the right side of the house, at the south side of the altar. Okay, so basically we're talking about the temple. Okay. Then brought he me out of the way, out of the gate northward, and led me about the way without unto the utter gate by the way that looketh eastward. And behold, there ran out waters on the right side. And when the man that had the line in his hand went forth eastward, he measured a thousand cubits. And he brought me through the waters. The waters were to the ankles. And he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters, and the waters were to the knees. Again, he measured a thousand. He brought me through the waters were to the loins. Afterward, he measured a thousand, and it was a river that I could not pass over. Now, like I said, Ezekiel is, is the most colorful of all of the major prophets. And this is a prophecy of waters that emanate from the temple. But you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. 
And the farther that he got, the more, the more that he got to measuring, the deeper it got. Verse number eight and nine, and then we'll conclude this reading here. Then said he unto me, these waters issue out towards the east country and go down into the desert and go into the sea, which being brought forth into the sea, the waters shall be healed. Everybody said healed. And it shall come to pass that everything that liveth, which moveth, whithersoever the river shall come, shall live. And there shall be a very great multitude of fish, because these waters shall come thither, for they shall be healed. Everything shall live whither or wherever the river cometh. Mm. One last reading. Just two verses of scripture. John chapter 7. And verse number 37, in the last day, Ezekiel, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scriptures hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers. Are you getting this? Are you getting this, that the prophecy was in Ezekiel, but Jesus is now saying that everybody that believes in me, according to what the Bible says, not according to what a denomination says, not in according to what some theologian says, according to what the scriptures say, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And I want to talk to us for a few moments tonight, and I really do mean a few moments, about the divine flow. The divine flow. God, we love you. We praise you. Thank you for your people. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for this moment in time that eternity intersects with reality our reality and I pray that you'll touch us and change us change us in Jesus name God bless you you may be seated the book of Ezekiel, this amazing prophecy describing waters that flow from the temple. And of course, we are that temple. And there's more that we could have read, and I, I really do encourage you when you get home, read, read that entire chapter. It's just amazing. Amazing. But in order to uh, stay on track and to do what I feel like the Holy Ghost wants to do tonight, I was limited to just a few scriptures, but I really do encourage you to read that. Um, the waters are for healing.
He mentions that the water is for healing. Everything that comes in contact with this water will be healed. It's for the dry land. It says it will go through the desert. It will flow into the sea. These, the, these, this terminology that is used in the book of Ezekiel is um, incredible typology. The word sea, S-E-A, is an incredibly important word when you talk about biblical prophecy because in the book of Revelation, you see these creatures come out of the sea. Well, the sea is talking about the mass of humanity. And that's exactly what it's referring to in the book of Ezekiel, that the, the water that starts with us will go into the sea. And there is a great multitude of fists. And you can draw the incredible illustration and typology out of that amazing chapter. And then Jesus, of course, says, He that believeth on me according that the scriptures have said. Now, that, that demands a comment. Not what a church says, not even what Pastor Mayo says. It just so happens, at least I hope, from the bottom of my heart that I am preaching what is in the word of God. That out of his belly shall flow, everybody say rivers. Now this, this river in the book of Ezekiel defied human measurement. It came to the place where, of course, the length of a cubit is from a man's elbow to his fingertip. It's approximately 18 inches, and it was in a 1,000 increments of cubits. And it got to the place where the guy said, man, forget it. It's so big, I can't, I can't get over it. I can't get out there to measure it. It's waters to swim in. This is a revelation to me, what I'm going to talk to you about tonight. Everything that we, the, everything that we feel like we need from God, and part of this is correct because of the, it's not anthropomorphic, it is, it's a reality, it is, it is heaven to earth. Everything that was done in the beginning was done from the position of God's throne. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He said in other places, um, the heavens are my throne and the earth is my footstool. So God first prepares himself a throne and then he begins to speak everything else into existence. So the picture is it's from heaven to earth. And that is, that is the truest and the most accurate rendering of how we view this direction of creation is from, it's from above. There's three different heavens that are mentioned in, in uh, Genesis chapter number one. One is atmospheric, one is cosmic, the stars, and the other one is God's dwelling place. All of those are above us. And when we think of God doing something, we think of God is above us, and, it, and it's coming down. It's coming down to where I am. It's coming down to earth. It's coming down from the throne room of God into the upper room and so on and so forth. The whole illustration of the use of a well, most notably in John chapter number four, where 
Jesus meets the woman at the well, and the well is deep. And, of course, Jesus was talking about waters of living. He didn't use the word river there. And I believe that that, what he said in John chapter 7, verses 37, 38, is tied to the book of Ezekiel in that last day. But the whole idea of a well is, is something that is vertical. We think of heaven to earth as being vertical. We think of God's throne to the church as being vertical. God is above and we are beneath. But that is not what he described in the book of Ezekiel. And that is not what is described in John chapter 7. He didn't say a well. He didn't say vertical. He didn't say that it was some um, shaft from heaven to earth. He is describing something that is horizontal. He said, out of his belly shall flow. Not upward. Outward. And what happens is, is we think that every time we need a miracle or we need something from God, that it has to come through the illustration or the thought or the concept that we hold in our minds that it's going to come from God above us. Are you with me tonight? John chapter number seven defies all of that because Jesus is saying that it's not going to come from above, it's going to come from within. And it's going to move horizontally. The book of Ezekiel chapter number 47 said that the the waters would flow, the river would flow and grow, and it would be horizontal. The whole usage of the word river is the idea of a horizontal flow, not a vertical flow. One of the amazing things, can I just talk to you tonight? Okay. You know, I'm going to do that anyway, but I just, it's nice when you ask people. It's courteous. One of the reasons why I have had such an incredible, oh, how do I, I, I didn't rehearse this. One of the reasons why I've been able to last, many of my contemporaries and many of my peers that I got saved with are all backslid tonight. If I, was really, if I was really hard put to come up with, um, I mean, just really sit down and really think it all through, there's hardly anybody that I remember coming in and getting saved in that incredible chapter of revival in my home church that are still saved today. Or they're not in the truth anymore. My prayer is they come back. My prayer is that they come back to a revelation and understanding that there's no other way but this way. I, I, I'm flabbergasted when I hear that somebody that was raised in an apostolic church can go to a charismatic church. I just, I, I can't get that one. I, I can't get that. Well, they love the Lord. Well, if it's not according to the scriptures, then what good is it? 
There's a lot of people that say they love God, but if it's not according to the scriptures, what good is it? It's got to be according to Acts 2.38, and it has to be that here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and it has to be that you come out from among them, and it has to be that you work out your salvation with fear and trembling, and it has to be that we, were, that we become holy or we won't see the Lord. It has to be. It has to be. It has to be. It has to be a revelation. It has to be in your guts. It has to be. And this is what separates the men from the boys. This is not patty cake denominationalism. And that's what a lot of our world is looking for today. They're looking for a program. They're not looking for heaven. They are not even looking for Jesus. They are looking for a program. But a lot of the people that I got saved with, and my wife knows this. We talk about this. But I think one of the things for me, for Rick Mayo, that made an amazing difference was the fact that I felt the love of God from my home church. It was unlike, I, I, I've run with a lot of different people, I've been in a lot of different trips, I've done a lot of different things, but there was something that was resident in that group of people that was unlike anything I'd ever been a part of before. And it, had, it got a hold of me. It got a hold of me on a level that nothing else got a hold of me. It, was, it, it got a hold of me to where other people backslid, I stayed. And other people got back on drugs, I stayed in the church. And other people walked out on God, I stayed in the church. And other people threw their lives away, I stayed in the church. And other... I mean, there's factors to this. When you comb through the weeds, it's not just, well, you know, the pastor offended me or the church offended me or somebody in leadership offended me. You can just throw that out there, but God knows the real reason. If somebody can come between you and Jesus, you're the one with the problem. You better get that in your spirit now or you ain't going to make it. You got to get it in your heart that ain't nobody going to come between me and go into heaven. Ain't nobody. Ain't no problem. Ain't no landlord. My husband, my wife, my kids, the backsliders. I need somebody in the back to shake somebody. Or you're going to be a casualty by this time next year. I don't want that. I'm not looking for it, I'm not expecting that, but I'm telling you, what's the difference between the person that stays and the person that backslides? It's what I'm preaching on tonight. Somebody got a taste of the flow, and they said, this ain't nowhere else in this world. Where else will we go? You speak the words of eternal life. There ain't a church that worships like this. There ain't a church that praises like this. There... Come on, all over this building. The only reason why you're still here is you got in the flow. If you don't get in the flow, you're going to dry up. You're going to get bitter. Some little deal's going to come along. You can blame it on the church. You can do whatever you want to do, but that ain't the real reason. That is not the real reason. The reason why Rick Mayo stayed. Is because I felt the divine flow. That was coming through God's people. And it was the. It blew me away. Let's clap our hands and give God the praise. Cornerstone, the greatest revival we have ever seen, is right at our fingertips. In fact, it's right inside you. It's right there inside you. It's part of a prophecy. It's called the divine flow. My wife and I are, will talk. And she'll say, honey, there was stuff going on in that church. And I said, man, I didn't know one thing. You want to know why I went? I wasn't looking for problems. 
I wasn't looking to get offended. I wasn't looking for problems. I wasn't looking for clicks. I wasn't looking for, I just, I just was like a little kid. I had become just like a little child in the kingdom of God. And I was just so blown away. I was so overwhelmed. I was overwhelmed when I got out of bed. I was overwhelmed on my way to work. I was overwhelmed on my way to church. I was overwhelmed on my way to bed. I, got, I woke up that way. I went to bed that way. I was overwhelmed. I was intoxicated with this. I had never come in contact with something from another world. And it blew me away. It is not going to come from God. It's going to come from you. Clap your hands and give him praise. The greatest revival that this church has ever seen is potentially sitting here tonight. It is not going to come from heaven. It's going to flow right from your life. Let's lift our hands and give God the praise. God's been talking to me. Wow. The river. The river. We are the only ones that can stop the flow. How many people have received the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues here tonight? Why did God give you the Holy Ghost? I have the answer. To make you holy. You were given the Holy Ghost to make you holy. That his influence on your life through leading and guiding and convicting and instructing and would be that we would be holy for he is holy. It's to make us like him. But one of the byproducts of that is that it would flow through us. I mean, that we wouldn't be a container, we'd be a conduit. See, this is why it's so hard, or it's such a challenge, for some people to get more, pastor, I just need more God, I need more God. Why don't you use the God you got? And then God will replenish. It's just us tonight, so can I talk to us? I think we're too hung up on us. See, because there's three things that'll stop the flow. Number one is just plain, old-fashioned carnality. Sin. They that are in the flesh cannot please God. And there's some people that are so much in the flesh that they learn to adjust. And it's a form of self-deception into thinking that that really is living for God. That really is not living for God. I'm not trying to put you down. I'm trying to give you hope here today because if you will repent and posture yourself in alignment, then that which goes out from you, God says, okay, since now we have displacement. Pastor, I just can't do anything till I get more God. What's happened is you didn't use the God you had and now you're in the flesh 
So your mind thinks I need more God. If you would get into an old-fashioned Bible study or witnessing, and now what, that which is in you is flowing out of you, God says, all right, turn up the spigot. The way you get more is use what you got. It's got to flow out of you. And then as it flows out of you into somebody else, into this world, maybe it's somebody on the job. Maybe it's, maybe it's somebody on the street. Maybe it's somebody in your family. Then God begins to give you increase. And you go higher and higher and higher. And you say, you know what, I love this. I, I'm going to keep doing it. And, then, and, that, and now ministry opens. And now opportunity to be used is open. You don't have a ministry if you're not giving away what you got. You only have a ministry if you're giving away what you've got. And now God can trust you with what he's given you. See, I think the 21st century church, if we're not careful, God's been talking to me. We're too hung up on us. Oh, hurry up. That's the pastor. Oh, put it up. Yeah. Everybody sit there. I know you wasn't looking like that five minutes ago. Why don't we just be real? So, but that describes people's existence. If they think someone's going to catch them, they're living their life, a seesaw existence on, on, if I got caught, then I have to be honest. And if I'm not caught, I can just be what I am. Instead of letting God deliver us from that carnal mentality and saying, I wonder what God wants me to do today. I wonder if there's somebody I can talk to today. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not old-fashioned. This is for the 21st century church. We don't need a program. We don't need a modern, contemporary Christian rock group. We need to get, have God flowing through us every day, every minute, every second, everywhere. Number two. Unforgiveness will stop the flow. I've watched people, they come in as new converts. It's like, wow, God's really got his hand on that person. And then years later, they got their list of stuff they don't like. What happened? What happened? Unforgiveness will stop the flow. Jesus said, that which is in heaven be done on earth. So when I, when I choose not to forgive, and it is an act of the will, it has nothing to do with your emotions, has nothing to do with what you're thinking. Has everything to do with your will. You say, I'm in control of this vessel and I will obey the word of God. I ain't got to feel nothing. When there's unforgiveness, God shuts off the flow. And when there's resentment and bitterness, it's been a long time since there was flow. <clears throat> People get isolated in their own little world and in their own little thinking because they've been offended. Now listen, ladies and gentlemen, the Apostle Paul, the chiefest of all apostles, said in many things we offend all. He wasn't looking to offend people, but he was out to do the will of God. And somehow when, when you're doing the will of God, whether it's preaching or teaching or whatever you're doing, there's just going to be somebody somewhere. 
the whole political climate of our nation is. Somebody got offended. Well, if, if the pastor offends you, I want you to call me. Because if you're going to obey Matthew chapter number 18, you have to go to your brother. But I've noticed that people that keep on getting offended, it's, it's, it's not who they say it is. I mean, there's just some people that want to be offended. Why? Because it offers them an opportunity to vent all the negativity that they've been chewing on. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you ain't saying amen, but I know you know that I'm telling the truth right now. You know I'm telling the truth. There's just some people that like a good old-fashioned fight every once in a while because all the stored-up negativity now has a place to be expressed. Why don't you get that in the altar and say, I'm not, that's not my purpose. That's not my call. That's not why God brought me out of darkness. That's not why God put me in Cornerstone. I, I want to be in the flow. I want the river. I want the blessing. I want to see the prophecy. It has to be a personal exercise at the highest, deepest place in an individual's life that makes up their spiritual mind. This is my purpose. I am going to be part of the flow. Gossip. Gossip. If you're not part of the problem and you're not part of the solution, then pray for them. This is why people will come up to me and say, Pastor, did you know about so-and-so? Yeah, I knew about that. Well, I haven't heard you tell anybody about it. I'm not a gossiper. It ain't none of your business. Yeah, you got that kind of a pastor. I don't want to gossip. If I'm going to say anything, why don't we gossip the gospel? God's good. God's great. Somebody got the Holy Ghost. Somebody got baptized. Instead of a bunch of negativity that bleeds out between the lines of everything that comes out of our mouth. You just got a pastor that's too sharp. I've seen people that were sweet when they got saved, and something happened. Something really negative happened. Which leads me to point number three. Some of us are bound to the past. God has been talking to the pastor. And the flow has stopped. And now when we come to church, we just want to be reassured that God still loves us. There's nothing wrong with that. Every single one of us want to be reassured from time to time. God still loves me. God still, I understand all that. But to people that are hung up in the past, that becomes a way of life where they only want to feel God just because they're so unsure of where they really are. Listen, when you ask God to forgive you, that's it. God does it. It's cast in the deepest part of the ocean. He puts it behind his back as far as the east is from the west. God's not even looking at it. God's not dwelling. When the devil comes and reminds you, you need to cast him down in the name of Jesus and said, I don't have to repent of that. I've already done it once. I want the flow. I've got to have the power. I can't live. I can't produce fruit. I can't have joy. I can't have peace. Somebody clap your hands and give God the praise. God sent me to this place tonight to get rid of this nonsense so you can, life can be in the flow. And once and for all, roll away the stone of your past. And let the real you back out. Let's lift our hands and give God the praise. I can't hear you. Let's pray.
We've, 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 we've got the quality of people that I'm talking about already in this church. You know, one of the reasons why um, when my wife and I first moved here, I had an F-250 with California plates on it. Uh, the truck was in trouble because it only had two-wheel drive. I was in trouble because it had California plates. My next door neighbor in our duplex, we baptized all kinds of people in the garage of that duplex. He probably thought we were some weird doomsday cult of baptizing people in a horse trough. That's it. Let it go. Let it go. That's holy ghost. Let it go. Look at it. We interrupted their television program. We interrupted their evening meal. We interrupted their whole life. But that's just how God does it sometimes. He's... But one of the reasons why they didn't want a bunch of Californians moving in here is because they didn't want eventually the politics of California coming to the beautiful state or this part of the state of Washington. Can I get an amen somewhere? I like my gas-operated vehicle. I like my diesel-operated vehicle. Don't tell me that you're going to make me buy an electric vehicle. I don't want an electric vehicle. I've got an electric toaster. I have an electric iron. Don't tell me that wind power is going to replace what gasoline can do. You've been, I know you legalize marijuana and all these other drugs, and I can tell that you ain't thinking right. Everywhere you look, everywhere you go, something was developed by gas and oil and coal. Okay. So our neighbors were worried that California was moved in next door. And so we, uh, what was her name, honey? Helen. Helen and Bob. Yeah, and we... We did our best to make friends with them. I have, no, I have no problem with other people moving into this church if their spirit's right. But don't come in here to try to make this a church full of sour grapes. Because there ain't no sour grapes in the Holy Ghost. When you come into this church, you leave your problems under the blood. Hey, I'm preaching here tonight. You take your bitterness and get it under the blood and leave this move of God alone. But if you got revival on your mind and you got the joy of the Lord in your heart, you're welcome here because of the flow. But if you're not in the flow and you don't know how to get in it, you need to say, Pastor, I need help because we'll get in the altar together and let God clean you out. Let God empower you so you can be in the flow once again. Oh, clap your hand to give God the praise. My God, this is some preaching. You know it's the truth. I'm not a great preacher, but I'm just trying to preach the truth. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name, I am in the midst. That wasn't just a bunch of guys getting, ordering a pizza. Well, we all got a cornerstone. I guess the Lord's here. No, that's talking about people all flowing. <laughs> and you've created something really powerful when you got two or three brothers talking about the things of God or two or three sisters getting together and talking about the things of God, then Jesus is in the midst of that. When you get in the flow, you're not worried about your little position. You're worried about 
if I could say the right, you're concerned about seeing God get the glory in all things and say, man, if I need to get out of the way, go ahead. That's pretty quiet, but see, people, people don't understand that if they're not careful, they will become small-minded people even though they didn't start out intending to be that way. But you become small-minded when you start defending your rights. You ain't got no rights. Somebody needs to help me out. No, you were paid for with a price. And God is in control. In fact, if you let God in control, you'll get a blessing here tonight. If you get the revelation that God is in control, God has got the flow, I'm here to do whatever God wants to do, come on, clap your hands and give God the praise. This shouldn't be a foreign language to us. You shouldn't be bracing because you're so nervous. But see, folks that are raised in churches where the pastor has to make every decision, and the pastor rules with an iron fist, it, it, almost, it almost begins to shape how those people feel about not just authority, but growth. I want to tell you about authority and growth. There's going to be some people that God is going to raise up. He's already raising them up out of this congregation. Well, I don't really think that they should be doing this. It ain't got nothing to do with what you think. It's how their relationship with God, and they've let God flow here, and God flow there, and God flow there, and God says, raise them up, raise them up, raise them up. You better be careful. Somebody might be doing what you're doing right now. They'll be doing it six months from now, and you'll have a bad attitude when they have a great attitude. If you're big enough to step up, you ought to be big enough to step down. Let's clap our hands and give God the real praise. I want real revival. I don't want some little organizational mentality of how this is supposed to operate. I want it to get big. I want it to flow. I want it to be glorious. I want there to be healing in the waters. People that get a click mentality can kill the flow. Instead of going to a brother or a sister and saying, hey, something you did offended me. I love you, but I just need to tell you about this because I, I miss connecting with you. But instead, you go and tell all your family. You go tell all your friends. So now you have a firing squad. You have not obeyed the word of God. You've actually displeased God because you didn't do it God's way. And now you've created a greater challenge to bring reconciliation and restoration than had you just gone to that person and said, hey, um, maybe you were having a bad day, but this came down, this happened, and, and I'm really bothered by this. If they're spiritually minded, they'll say, brother, sister, I love God and I love you. I would never do anything to offend you. I would never do anything to hurt you. And it sounds like I did that, so please forgive me. I did not intend to do that. It's done. But there are some people that have come in from either other churches or from the world that are used to hanging on to stuff. I don't like that person. When they're operating in the flow, but it intimidates you in the way that you handle intimidation is to get an attitude. Instead of just saying, that person's blessed. They're just blessed. Maybe I ought to get rid of my program and start doing their program so I can be blessed. You know, the pastor's got to say this stuff. Nobody else is allowed to say this stuff. The flow is the answer.
the flow is the answer. Why don't we just pray here for a minute, and then I'm almost done, I promise. The flow. Out of his belly, or her belly, shall flow rivers that bring healing, I heard the story, it's an old story, but it's a great way to end this. I heard the story of two families that lived on the same country road, and one family lived further down the country road, and they used to get together and walk to church together. Apostolic church out in the country. And on the way home, they'd stop in and pull a cold bucket of water out out of the well and they'd give them a drink before they finished the last leg of their journey back to their house down the road. One Sunday, as they were stopping to get a cool drink of water and just visit with their friends a little bit, one of the daughters of the family accused the son of the family that lived a little further down the road that she had been raped. They were mortified. They were horrified. They uh, they pressed the matter, and the young man ended up becoming incarcerated over it. It affected their country church. Half the people that sided with the family of the young man sat on one side of the church, and On the other side of the church were the people that supported the family with a young girl that alleged inappropriate touching and et cetera. The church became locked up. There was no more revival. There was no more move of the Holy Ghost. There was no more. It just people coming in, finding their place. This is where I sit. I sit on this side. This is where I sit. I sit on this side. The young man was eventually released and he tried to hold his head up, square his shoulders, tried to go back to church with a good attitude, but he, he, he became wounded by some of the things that were said. And you can only imagine. And he was now not just a young boy or a young man, he's now an adult and has had his own schedule and his parents built him a little house out in the back for him to stay. He stayed there. Eventually, he began to experience um, a paralysis in his upper torso, just seemingly out of nowhere. From his waist up, especially up around his shoulders, he was paralyzed. Needed help and assistance. and People just tried to do the best they could with one event that had come in and completely stopped the flow. Just on a random Sunday... The mom of the girl stepped across the aisle to the mother of the boy and said, 
man, I really miss the way things used to be. Would you forgive me for the things I've said and the feelings that I've held in my heart? And the mother of the boy said, I miss those times too. And they began to communicate and they began to visit. And forgiveness and acceptance began to sweep through that small congregation. I began to feel the flow again. Not long after that, the mom of the boy was in the kitchen making biscuits for breakfast and she was working with that old dough, wop, wop, wop. She felt somebody step up behind her and she turned and it was her son. Hi, Mom. She said, how are you today? He said, Mom, I'm not paralyzed anymore. I wonder if the waters started to flow, if some of us would really experience what God wants to do. Let's lift our hands. Even though he had committed a horrible thing and paid the price for it, he was now healed. No longer paralyzed. Because the parents started to forgive. There's some things that only God can do. And we need him to do what only he can do. But there's some things, there's some blessings that are never going to come if they don't come horizontally through the river. the divine flow. Let's stand. I'm so thrilled to be in Spokane. Been here for almost 29 years. Five different buildings, five different building programs. But something has this thing locked up? <laughs> the divine flow. I wonder what would happen. I wonder what would happen if this thing was flowing like God really intended it for it to flow. Couldn't measure it. Couldn't swim over it. I don't know. I don't know. God's done his part. God's done his part. Let's lift our hands. And just let's talk to Jesus. God, remove the paralysis. Let there be forgiveness. Let somebody be the bigger person. 
make this step for the cause of Christ. Come on, let's love him. Let somebody get enough in the Holy Ghost where they can see it as it really is. Sense it like it really is. Get back in the book. Let that be a light and a lamp and a guide. Rabba kata yala babo sata yala la baba yala la baba yala la baba yala la baba yala.